It's Wednesday, and that means Magnus Haystick is our guest to take us through some of the big issues of the past week. And you could almost say, Magnus, the past day, given what happened yesterday uh, in Parliament. We had the expropriation of land without compensation lobby getting a little bit of a blood nose when 26 of the ANC parliamentary members voted against the motion. They were never going to carry it without the uh, EFF support. But that really meant it was a very poor result for those trying to get this uh, change of the constitution. And then the second thing was the government backing off from the idea of imposing mandatory vaccines in South Africa. Now, I know these aren't directly related to what happens to our money maybe immediately, but in the long term, these are very significant decisions that have, that have uh, perhaps shaped our future as a country. Yes, hi, Alec. You know, as you say, not immediately, but, you know, the expropriation issue has been bubbling under for a very long time, ever since, you know, in 2017, the ANC put that on the agenda. And at the time, I remember writing articles and quoting people from all around the world. I think I quoted Goldman Sachs. I quoted some of the big investment houses, even Johan Rupert, saying this is a stupid idea. And that undermines confidence uh, from from abroad and also internally. And, it, and they're absolutely right. Even just the suggestion of expropriating land, whether in a limited format or in a much larger format, just that suggestion leads to uncertainty. It leads to a lack of confidence. And it also leads to investment decisions which may not be appropriate at the time, emotional decisions. And farmers also said at the time they're not going to make long-term plans if they know that their land could be in the sights of the government. And I think that has had an effect on on South Africa as an investment destination. It might not be discussed every day on the headlines and the front pages, but I got some emails this morning from other parts of the world saying, and, and they sent me some links to what the EFF is saying, saying, yes, we might have lost the battle, but the war is not lost and we, we will be back and coming for land, just those kind of statements has a negative impact on investor confidence. And uh, regrettably, it has an impact on prices that people pay for land and what they do with their land. If you were going to develop a piece of land or exploit it or farm it or whatever, you are thinking twice. And there might not be an immediate correlation between those threats and the laws going to Parliament and being debated and people making personal decisions and saying, I'd rather have some money somewhere else in the world or in a different asset class, which is more liquid and I can move. So it does have an impact, uh, like, uh, as you quite rightly point out. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make there because I was having a conversation with someone else this morning who said the same thing, that uh, the EFF didn't vote for it because, in their opinion, it didn't go far enough. Uh, and yet the ANC was almost going halfway. So uh, clearly, however, if even if the EFF had voted for uh, this, they wouldn't have got it through the two-thirds majority, which, which you've got to take the little bits that you can and the little victories that you can. But what about mandatory vaccines? It did appear that big business was very strongly behind the uh, the directive or wanted the government to get everybody in South Africa to be forced to have a vaccine. That would have been, well, surely it would have, it, it would have been uh, very disruptive to society, given the, v- the incredibly strong views that some people have 
about being when they are suggestions of uh, forced to be vaccinated and that now being taken off the table and being thrown back at the business community almost saying if you want to have people vaccinated the government says well do it yourselves you know that is a, a hot potato and a very controversial one and of course you've been at the forefront of trying to get balanced viewpoints out there and given people a, an opportunity to debate it in a rational way for which you must be congratulated Alec my views on and I actually discussed it with someone yesterday a, a very prominent constitutional lawyer that I had lunch with and you um, might know who I'm talking about a young dynamic lawyer I'm not going to name her but we had this discussion just yesterday and and it was interesting and it's just an observation I'm not saying it's the case but it's an observation that the companies pushing the hardest and the strongest for vaccination is of course the insurance companies short term long term and the medical aid companies and they have a vested interest to try and curtail the spread of the virus because if it escalates it does affect their bottom line they have to make provisions for higher death claims higher illness claims etc cetera, etc cetera. so one must just put that into context that the discoveries and the old mutuals of the world will make a very strong case saying you have to be vaccinated because that's their business and their business is threatened so there's been a bit of a push back from other sectors of the community of saying hang on guys you know you cannot override constitutional rights just because there's a virus that's come around and and we must think a little bit harder about this so this is going to be uh, this has a potential to become very acrimonious and very very hotly debated in society do you agree to be forced to have a vaccination that gives the state and 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 the uh, certain companies immense powers uh, over the behavior of individuals which which on 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 a, a more democratic analysis and a more sane analysis you would not normally tolerate now that that could lead to lots of friction in society in companies it will in my view end up in the constitutional court at the at the at, at least that companies can fire people because they didn't want to have the vaccine and 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 this is this is not going to end soon it's going to play out over a long period of time so just bear in mind who's pushing for mandatory vaccinations and that might give you the answer that you'll find that you are getting on a broader term uh, or broader front rather we've seen that as more has gotten to be known about the new variant omicron uh, the markets, after initially panicking that this would be yet another shock to the system, have now not only calmed down, but in fact rebounded quite strongly. Uh, we've seen the uh, S&P 500 index, for instance, in, in the United States, recovering all the ground that has been lost uh, in the initial shock of the new variant, which does seem to be milder, which the experts tell me is what happens when viruses mutate. They like to uh, they don't want to kill all their hosts, as it were, to try and make it uh, more livable with the hosts. The, the science of it is 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 outside of my circle of competence. But generally speaking, it does look like Mr. Market is calming down now and uh, looking ahead perhaps to a brighter future. You're quite right. I mean, 10 days ago when the Omicron story broke, you know, the markets did have a bit of a shudder and a panic and there was a sell-off always. And... Um, you know whether it was the cause of 
Bitcoin dropping by 22% or not, or whether the fact that I bought some Bitcoin and crashed the market, we will never know. But, uh, I was going to mention that. <laughs> timing never been my forte. So uh, let me see what market I'm going to crash tonight again. But anyway, let's get back to serious business. You know, there, I was reading an interesting article. I can't remember if it was in the Daily Telegraph or the Bloomberg actually saying that as this virus spread very quickly through society and infecting people, but not as lethal as the previous variants, the Delta and other variants, that the death rate is not as high. Yes, the infection rate is high, but strangely enough, people were saying that is immunizing more people in the population, and they referred to the Spanish flu and and, and um you know, the, 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 they had the same cycle. Every next uh, wave was milder and milder. And then suddenly the virus just disappeared because there were not many, there were not enough hosts to keep the virus alive. So someone, and I can't remember what was, suggested that maybe, just maybe, these are some of the last uh, and sporadic outbreaks of, 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 of infections and variants, but they're getting weaker and weaker and weaker until such time as they suddenly just disappear. Now, this is just uh, an hypothesis at this stage, but it could be one of the reasons why the market snapped back very aggressively, heavy buying. Uh, I mean, a week later, the markets are back where they were and at, at record levels. So, it seems to me the market is looking beyond this virus or this outbreak, looking at next year, looking at profits and, and, and where the markets could be. And, and there's been some very, very good buying the last two to three days. 